everybody, Susan Finch here, the founder of Binky Patrol and the host today for All Volunteer, All Heart from Binky Patrol. If you want to know more about us, go to binkypatrol.org, B-I-N-K-Y-P-A-T-R-O-L.org, and you can see all of our episodes at binkypatrol.show. Today, I am super excited because one of the gifts from being a Binky Patrol is lifelong friends that I've made. And this person, Carolyn Berndt, has agreed to come on. We're recording this on a Sunday because her schedule is so busy. And I just, I, it's like anything she wants to do, I will get her on whenever it fits her schedule because she is so important in my life. Carolyn, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I miss living far away from you. So great to see you. It is. I, man, I miss you a lot. We <laughs> Folks, we used to get together regularly, not only as a chapter, but as friends and with our kids and all these different, any excuse to get together. We would yeah. just do things having, and then when Tom and I moved up to Oregon from Southern California, we would stay with the parents and we would, you know, be with their family, have big dinners and all these things. And it just changes. Kids grow up, everybody changes, homes change, everything, you know, that's the constant, right? Change. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But our friendship is constant. I know it is. I have <laughs> all you girls. And as much. We still love each other. <laughs> we do. So, I mean, you guys have met Lisa, Miriam, you got Carolyn, and the last cog in that will be Lori. And I don't know when we'll get her on, but Carolyn's here. So one of the reasons, Carolyn, I wanted to have you on, I love hearing everybody's stories, the backstory of how you found us, why you chose us. And from there, go into some of the stories of, you know, as a volunteer or a potential board member for charities, because you're involved in several, that discernment process, maybe giving people some tips on, you know, what to think about before they commit. Mm -hmm. Good so, one. So let's hear your story. Okay. So I first heard about Binky Patrol 25 years ago now. And I was working for a corporation and was on their, um, I don't know the actual name of it, but a committee to decide they had, a, they had some charitable funds and it was a committee to decide where the funds were going to go. And you had submitted some kind of grant application or something. And, and that's how I first heard about Binky Patrol. And at the time I was pregnant and I'm like, Binky Patrol, an organization for babies and kids. This is right up my alley and just, you know, heard your story and we, we gave you a little bit of money at that point through the corporation I was working for. And I'm like, hey, I think I'm going to contact these guys on my own. Um, because funny enough, I was uh, pregnant with my first child. And I was thinking, well, while I'm on maternity leave, I'm going to have a lot of free time. So I need to volunteer someplace. <laughs> Notice how I said it was my first child because I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> Just downtime. You're going to have downtime. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just have all this free time. <laughs> okay. So, well, let's but I remember the first meeting I came to, I think I was about seven or eight months pregnant, oh, yeah. Binky Patrol meeting, waddled in there, met all you lovely ladies and, and I was hooked. <laughs> okay. But let's talk about skills. Skills you possess and do not possess. <laughs> well, we learned early on that cutting fabric was not one of my skills. And I still to this day remember that I have been banned from cutting because I can't cut straight lines. <laughs> but my skill now is I've become a champion at no-sew fleece binkies. I can make those like crazy. 
So, but, but going in my skill was I have a marketing degree. I was working marketing. Um, I figured I could help out with, uh, you know, promoting baking patrol, doing some PR, things like that. And that's how I first got in. And that was great because that was a hole we had. We had a lot of blanket making volunteers, people mm -hmm. that would, were willing to make deliveries and things or donate stuff. But that was one of the gaps. Yeah. And, and without it, it, sometimes it makes it hard to grow. And the other thing that we learned, though, too, is when you get big publicity, it's actually a lot of work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we learned in a, that. In a good way, most of the time. But yeah. Most of the time. But it takes a little bit for the, all that dust to settle and to sift through. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, you found us so many wonderful connections. And it wasn't just for money. It wasn't just for um ad exposure and things like that and stories and magazines. I think about the Girl Scouts. Yeah. And what that meant to us. I mean, oh, that was the Girl Scouts were amazing, amazing to Binky Patrol. Yeah. The Girl Scouts in Orange County listener, I want you to know, were 1100 troops at the time. And they took us on as their project for three years in a row. Mm hmm. And I, I can't even count how many beautiful blankets we got from them. I no. mean, I would go pick them up at the Binky Patrol or not Binky Patrol, the uh, Girl Scout headquarters, and I couldn't fit them all in my SUV. It was awesome. <laughs> but I can't even count how many times you had to go speak to troops. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot of that. And that was, that was really fun. And just working with the girls and showing them how to do the the no so uh, fleece blankets and just being around them and their enthusiasm was was really great. And just how these sweet girls just really wanted to, you know, help other kids in need. Uh, it just I loved it. Yeah, they got it. They totally understood. So brings me back to your kids. Your kids were like mine were raised, you know, in the womb on being of service. Yeah. How did that impact them, do you think, as the adults that they are now? Well, my daughter, Melena, especially, um, she discovered early on that um, she had a passion for animals and, and uh, went to camp at a nonprofit called the Pacific Marine Mammal Center in Laguna Beach that Susan knows well from being a Laguna Beach person and um, then started volunteering there, was the youngest docent they'd ever had there. Um, became a camp counselor there and then decided that um, veterinary medicine was going to be her career. And now she's a vet tech and working full time at the Pacific Green Mammal Center. That is so cool. Yeah. So literally, uh, uh, you know, an, a, a volunteer um, project has changed the trajectory of, of her life and has established her career. That's amazing. And that's, yeah. that is the beautiful story of volunteerism and sometimes putting ourselves out there to try something that we've never done before, mm -hmm. but she knew what was at her core and that was animals and helping. Them. Yeah, exactly. What a cool opportunity and what a win for the Marine Pacific Marine Mammal Center. Oh yeah. I'm a little biased, but I think they're pretty lucky to have her. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I mean, that, I mean, that's one of the things I also want to talk to you about is it's not just Binky Patrol because Binky Patrol, your duties there have become so, so, so light. And, but I still love the fact that once in a while, all of a sudden there's this event and you're picking up blankets from a bunch of teen boys at Servite 
oh yeah wherever and they're still making blankets and you're still helping them learn how to do that and to make volunteerism fun and easy yes. because it can be it can be playful and fun mm-hmm. oh, i just yeah speaking to the the students was the highlight of my time at binky patrol i mean i had some great delivery experiences as, as well but just being around the kids and you know you talked about um you know what inspires you to volunteer and just for me it's it's kids and animals i think and just having being able to work with kids who are helping other kids is just to me such a joy i i love it so much and it's just so great too i was also a volunteer at uh, children's hospital orange county and when i was able to bring in a blanket and say specifically this was made by another kid who cares about you and wants you to feel better there's nothing like it i'm going to get I'm going to tear up right now. It's amazing. <laughs> that is because those are their peers. Yeah. And a lot of times those kids that are sick or regularly sick and the ones that were on McDonald house that are sick for a very long time. Yeah. They feel isolated. They feel un, not seen by their peers because they're not there regularly or whatever it right. is. So they're unable to participate the same way. I think it is a huge, huge gift to those kids for another peer to see them. Yes, absolutely. I remember some of the things that we did too. And here's a silly one because it's not to me worthy of a full episode. So I'm going to cross it off our little episode spreadsheet. But this one cracks me up because I remember you were big on helping us with this one. Remember when we had 20,000 buttons delivered, donated to us? (laughs) Do you remember the button blankets? Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We had listeners, we had somebody donate or I got them at an auction or something, but it was 20,000 plus buttons, all different types, coat buttons, shirt buttons, all these different textures and types. And we didn't know what to do with it, but they were cool because we are crafters and creative at heart. None of us could bear with just throwing them away. So Carolyn found us the Blind Children's Learning Center. Yep, exactly. And think about Braille and the Braille alphabet. And think about how we look at typefaces and fonts and things. You know, you have the Times Roman, you have Arial, Helvetica, Comic Sans. Uh, but you have all these different typefaces and we can read them and they evoke an emotion because it sets the tone when we're reading things. And when kids read it, it's playful or it's not. So with these different buttons, we printed up the Braille alphabet and we were having our volunteers put the buttons on blankets, but using every letter to be different type of button. Mm -hmm. So it was all different textures for them and fonts. And we made them so thick. Remember, what do they call them? Were they burrito blankets? Because they would wrap the kids Sorry, up in them. Yeah, yeah we, we made them so thick that they could touch the button part. But if they flipped it over, it wouldn't hurt them. Mm, yeah, yeah. And they would roll up the kids that were maybe sensitive to stimulation and things too to calm them. And they called those their burrito blankets. I remember that. <laughs> but we made so many of those. Yeah, I remember so vividly, you know, what was this now? 24 years ago, it was one of my... Um, I I was very new to Binky Patrol at that time, and I was the one who got to deliver those blankets. 
And a lot of times, you know, you, I deliver a blanket to an organization and I leave it the re, with the receptionist or something like that. With these, they let me go in and give the blankets to the kids. And I'm going to start crying again because it was the most amazing thing to see the smiles on these kids' faces when they were touching the buttons and they were, ah, oh, they were so excited and just overjoyed to get them. And it was just such a, such a beautiful thing. Ah, oh, I was, I was completely hooked on Binky Patrol at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we had typos or button nose. Oh yeah. <laughs> what does that say? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I think, I think we kept it simple numbers and letters. Just yeah, the alphabet. I think so. <laughs> I don't think we were trying to write words or anything. That would have been a little ambitious. Yeah, I think so. But they loved them. Whatever it said or didn't say, they yeah. loved them. <laughs> yeah, early on, I figured out I can't make deliveries. I I would just, it wasn't a good show for me to show up and deliver something because I would just start bawling. Oh, yeah. I just way, way too much of a mush that can't just get my act together. And I would just cry. I mean, just, I just want to scoop up every kid and just love on them. You're okay. You're wonderful. People love oh, you. Yeah. That's all I wanted to do. You know, <laughs> I, I think about um, Orangewood Children's Home because oh, I feel yeah. like, because I feel like making you cry more. Yeah. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Orangewood Children's Home is, listeners, is like an, kind of like an orphanage and the kids would be there and they would show up. And sometimes you would have these preemie babies and little tiny ones that could not, you know, they were drug addicted, born drug addicted, I should say, mm -hmm. and they could not handle bright lights, big stimulation. And the blankets we took there were always very dark and soft. Mm -hmm. So, so the texture would be really easy on them. And, the, and there wasn't a lot of contrast because it would trigger them. And I remember sitting in a room one of the things I got to do was to sit in a room that was very dark with soft music and I was handed a baby to just hold. Oh. And, and I just held this baby because if I'm not holding it at that time and there's no volunteer to hold that baby, nobody's holding the baby. Right. Can you right. imagine not holding your babies whenever you want to? Yeah. Those babies need to be held. Yeah. And these didn't know that and they didn't have that. So yeah. I got to swaddle the blankets that we brought around these little itty bitty babies that could oh. not have bright lights. And I just sat and rocked. Oh, amazing. And, you know, and then when that baby's turn was over, I got another baby. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and because they just all needed that time. Right. So like one baby couldn't get it off. There's only one person rocking. They had to take turns. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. They're little angels. <laughs> I know. I, you know, that's, and our, our blankets usually have um, labels on them. And people wonder, oh, why do you put labels on your blankets? You know, it's it's not to get credit. It's so right. people can find us if yeah, they need it. Absolutely. And because of that, I had a little girl call me from Orangewood once. Yeah. From a pay phone. <sighs> and, and she said, hi, my name is, you know, whatever it was. And I'm at Orangewood. And you gave me a blanket. She says, my friend's about to arrive. Can you bring her one? Oh. What and you said, uh, how I fast said, can I get in my car and get down there and bring exactly. one? Exactly. <laughs> what I said, what color does she like? Because mm -hmm. we happen to have some. It's like, I'll let her pick anything she wants. 
Yeah. But that that's the first thing she thought of is how much that blanket meant to her. Oh, she wanted her friend to have something. The girl was probably 10 years old. That's awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Can I tell one more story? Yeah. <laughs> so another one of my favorite delivery stories was uh, a, a, a group home smaller than Orangewood, but there were about a, a dozen boys and they ranged in age from maybe, I don't know, eight to 16. And I bring in this, you know, big box of blankets and they all went, blankets, eh, you know, we're boys. We don't need blankets. We're too cool for blankets, eh, you know, whatever. And I was like, I just kind of stood there for a minute. I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Like, I don't know what to do. And then, and then one kid grabbed a blanket and one kid was the first one because they all wanted the blankets, but they didn't want to seem like they wanted the blankets. And then all of a sudden it was a frenzy to grab the blankets. And then within five minutes, they were all sitting on a big sectional couch with their blankets, oh. watching a football game. Oh and it my was gosh. just, it was the cutest thing because they were just all bundled up and they, they just were trying so hard to be so cool, but they just wanted and loved the blankets so much. And oh, that always just sticks out to me. I love that. Oh, what a great story. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, kind of the point of this, guys or listeners, is one hour a month can change a life. Yeah. If you have one hour and you can make one blanket to give to one teen boy like that, because the teen boys are actually the ones who get the least amount of everything. Right. They're the ones that need it the most, in my opinion. It's what can make the difference between nurturing their compassionate side mm -hmm. and letting them continue to feel unworthy, unloved, unimportant. Right. And there's still so many of them are told to just man up, be tough. You know, and that's, <laughs> that's tough. These guys have been through a lot and they, you know, whether they're in the hospital or where they're in foster care or whatever their situation is and they, they need to feel love too. And it, it can be as simple as, you know, someone saying, look, you don't know me, but here's a blanket for you and wrap it around you and think of it like a hug. Yep. And that is huge because how else will they learn to change what they had been taught? Yeah if they don't start to see examples of it. Mm -hmm. Very true. Ah, Carolyn, this that was why wild. I liked to go talk to teen boys like that yeah. were making the blankets. Like when I would go to, you know, Servite high school a few times, cause it's an all boys school yeah. or there's, um, I'm blanking out on the name of it, but it's, uh, it, it's like NCL, but, but for boys. Um, and so I, I spoke to a couple of those groups and had them make blankets and they weren't the best at making the blankets, <laughs> Right. but just, you know, giving them a perspective on, you know, look at how, you know, how your life is now and what you're doing for someone else who's not as fortunate as you. And I, I think, and I hope it made an impact on them and will make them more caring in the future. So. It does when it's hands-on, it's one thing to read about a story, to hear about a story, but when you are physically participating in something that will stay in your mind mm -hmm. in your memories that you'll associate yeah with making a difference with giving to somebody else it's more than writing a check i mean yeah checks are nice we like checks but yeah <laughs> but the act of making a blanket has way more impact and giving yeah. it away the act of your time yeah i mean i have one group of kids they didn't want to make blankets but they made greeting cards so they oh, make yes. cards to go with every blanket mm -hmm. i remember that you know, they're all different ways, 
to let them create that lasting memory of how they touch lives. And it's important for them to hear how it impacts things. Don't just have them do it. Tell them about where are they going? What are the kids like that are going to get them? Are they just like them? Mm -hmm. Are they kids that aren't like them at all because they are kids with no parents, with no home, with no anything. Right. But they're still kids like you. Yep. So I think that's, that's kind of our job as adults and parents to, you know, first we need to find those organizations that fit us. We'll do another episode you and me about um, finding how to discern of where to volunteer and what you should, what should go into your thinking process. Cause that to me is right. another 15 minute episode we'll do later. Yeah. Cause this yeah, one, yeah. the stories, I just like the stories. So <laughs> <laughs> let's tell those stories, yeah. <laughs> but consider it folks, consider volunteering, start with an hour a month. And if you can't find anybody by you, find us. Yeah. We have all different ways on our website, beekeeperpatrol.org, of how to volunteer for one hour a month. Maybe you're really good at spelling and writing, and you can help us write articles for the website. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have connections at quilt guilds or scout troops or whatever it is. Whatever your skills are, chances are we'll figure out how to use them for <laughs> the good of others. Because Absolutely. We and, and chances are there's a Binky Patrol chapter near you if you want to make a blanket and you don't know a good place to donate it. Yeah, we have about well, seven I still occasionally will just get blank or, uh, boxes of blankets showing up on my doorstep. And it's so that. exciting. It's like Christmas. And I get to see the unwrap these beautiful blankets and then find a, a local place to deliver them. And, and that's great, too. <laughs> I have a volunteer. Nina and I talked about her in our, another episode. Her little sister, Ava, is 15. And Ava loves helping. But all she has time, she does my thank you notes because she has really good penmanship and I don't. And mm -hmm. so I take a picture of the blanket that arrived and the label on the box. I text it to her mm -hmm. and she sends out the thank you notes. Oh, fantastic. And so that's her thing that she does because that's what she's good at. Mm -hmm. We'll find something for you. Give Absolutely. us your hour a month. We'll find it. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. You want to hear more episodes? Look for us on Apple Podcasts or go to binkypatrol.show for our past episodes as well or binkypatrol.org to learn more about our organization, how you can be a part of making a difference to change lives. Thank you. Thank you. 